you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. everybody to this week's episode of the fade route with d and z i am z and there's only one week left until christmas so hopefully you guys got your christmas shopping done for your loved ones and speaking of shopping we have a few teams who may be shopping for places to play this upcoming season in in the nhl (laughs) according to reports the canadian division that was all hyped up and, you know, put together specifically for the season because Justin Trudeau would not allow American teams to come in. He may not be allowing them to play in our neighbors to the north, Canada. Now, January 13th was the day when it was tentatively thought that the NHL was going to drop the puck on the season, but if they have to redo these logistics, that is going to create a nightmare that might delay the season altogether, and it might not put Donald Fear in too good of a negotiating mood. He may just get a little bit pissy on old Gary Bettman, but it remains to be seen. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Well, one guy that won't have to worry about the NHL season is Henrik Lundqvist. Since he'll be sitting out the rest of the year with a heart issue. That's Um, unbelievable. I'm sure the Capitals are thrilled to hear about that. Right. I mean, they also lost Braden Holtby, so it's really down to the kid. And, you know, is, is Ilya Samsonov really going to be up to the task? And he's not going to get pushed by anybody, so uh, they better damn well hope he is. But this, this situation with Canada is just ridiculous. It's a logistical nightmare. I mean, some of these teams, yeah, you can move them to their AHL affiliates or something like that. But, you know, like, Toronto, their AHL affiliate is Toronto. But uh, what the hell are they going to do? Are are they going to start splitting time with Buffalo and Boston? Like, I mean, they have to redo the entire schedule now. It's just, it's a nightmare. It was an unnecessary, you know, slap in their own face if you're the NHL. You you didn't, it was, it's an unforced error. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. And I'm sure Gary Bettman's like, well, screw it. Screw it. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired. Like, uh, you know, you have everybody jumping around. You have all this realignment. You can't uproot players for that much, that amount of time. You can't ask a player to go to another country 
you know, for four or five months to play a season to be and be away from his family. It's just not going to work out. No, absolutely not. And, you know, you have the uncertainty of practice facilities. You have the uncertainty of lodging. You have, you know, all of the logistics that come with it. And, and the, I mean, the NHL, I mean, they get, they make money, but they don't pull in as much money as the NBA or the NFL. And a lot of their owners own two teams. Like they'll own a hockey team, they'll own a baseball team and so on and so forth. And I'm not, I'm just not sure how willing they're going to be to shell out this money when they know they're not going to be getting it back. I mean, we see this happening in baseball right now where owners are like, yeah, push the season back. We'll play less games. And players are like, nah, man, we want to play 162 games. What's the problem? And they're like, well, yeah, we're, we're, we don't really need to play 162. And it's, it's, it's really just a money issue. That's what it really is. It's not even about it play. It's not about player safety. It's not vaccine vaccines. It's about, gee, do we really have the money to do this? You know, if I can get away with playing 20 or 30 less games, I'm all for it. I mean, the NHL is definitely, I mean, they're down to 56 as it is. Who knows how this is going to impact that? It might end up being that, you know, until they figure it out, the season's just going to be put on hold. So who knows what, I mean, what's he, what are you going to get? Like a 40 game sprint, a 30 game sprint is at that point, is it even worth playing a season when you have less than half of your games being played and uh, i mean you're going to run these things at a loss absolutely you know if you're the owners of these teams you know ahead of time that you're taking a bath right and if you own multiple teams like many of these guys do is one going to pay for the other and you know, ultimately, like it's not a sound business decision. Well, let's put it this way. You knew last year you were going to take a loss. You're like, okay, I'll live with that. And then your, your whole idea was, okay, we're not going to make it up next year, but we're going to get a good season next year, and then I'll make it up in year three. Right. But now you run the risk of, okay, I'm going to lose money again this year, I'm probably going to lose money again next year. I'm not looking at getting money for like another four years. And then at that point, you're like, well, wait a minute. This is supposed to be like my, not my cash cow, but this is supposed to be my, like my change money. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in other businesses. I have other endeavors. This was supposed to be the thing that's easy to me. I'm supposed to think this is my pocket change here. You know, I don't think people realize how much money these owners have. They have a lot of money and it's, you know, when you're dealing with sports, there's a there's a fun aspect to it, but there's also an aspect of like you know I, I make decent money on the side with this, right? And it's not happening here. It's right. Not, it's not gonna happen. You and you know I I understand the the argument is is you know you, you can't forego a season. You got to keep the name out there, the logos out there, the players out there. But mm, you're gonna be losing money. And the owners don't care about that. No. Gonna, well, I, this- I don't care. This league also has locked its players out the most recently. So, you know, they've already lost a season. So you weren't, you were concerned if the NHL was going to make it back and they, they made it back to some degree. They didn't, you know, their the popularity has not grown really. Um, but 
they they definitely you know they're the comfortable number four in the top four uh you know unless you count college football which i mean we're if we're talking pro sports no but the nhl cannot afford to lose another season so donald fear and gary bettman got to get in a room even if they have to call cities themselves and say hey man would you mind hosting the Calgary Flames this year? Like maybe we can put you on the short list for an expansion franchise. Dangle some stuff out. There. It's not going to happen though because the, the 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 city has nothing to benefit from the Calgary Flames playing there because they can't make money off of it. Like they can't have fans. Like you're not you. There's no there's no benefit to a city hosting any of these teams. You can get on the phone all you want, but it's like. If I'm Boise, Idaho, I'm like, what for what? <laughs> like, what am I getting out of this? Like, I, right. you know, I don't, I, I, I don't foresee it. And you know what? I'm not sure. I'm thrilled with your players coming to my town or coming to my city. I don't need the. I don't. I don't necessarily want the the, you know, the fanfare, and I don't want really the publicity for it. Like, you just, you don't know. You don't know. No. No, and right maybe now maybe you could just move them all to Mexico. How about Gary <laughs> Batman calls Mexico and says, "Hey, I got this crazy idea," and I think he should drop it in Juarez, Mexico. You know, right over the right over the border, and we're like, here's the deal: we're gonna let we're gonna take our Canadian teams and drop them in Juarez, Mexico, and we're gonna help you with the drug trade. We're gonna help you <laughs> move drugs through the United States of America. How's that sound, boys? Well, it can't get much worse, and you know it, it's just—it's just not looking good for the NHL right now. It's time for the fade-in, where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. But. The opposite of not looking good was that Monday night game. That was a spectacular football game that showed off not only what Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns can do, but also what the Baltimore Ravens can do. And in crunch time, Lamar Jackson showed up big and he brought the Ravens back to a victory of the score of 47-42. I mean, you have that crazy you know, safety at the end of the game, but overall, I mean, it was a good performance by both teams, but do you believe in the Cleveland Browns playing close to this level of competition or is it just the same old Browns? You know, I, I know, I know Superman was created in Ohio, but man, Lamar Jackson sure looked like Superman that night. And we were talking (laughs) about it in live time. We both agreed he probably had to go to the bathroom. No, but he came back. But when he came back, he came in on a fourth down. It was fourth down. He didn't have any warmers or anything. He grabbed his helmet and ran on the field and ran a fourth and six play and threw a touchdown pass. Like, that's incredible. And this is the guy, and Baker Mayfield was taken ahead of him. Like, Baker, you know, and you thought Cleveland had the game. Once Lamar was gone, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he's back. And he wills them to victory. I mean, I think if, if you're Cleveland, Stavansky said, you know, there's no moral victories. You have to feel good about, you know, you went toe-to-toe with these guys. 
but your defense lived up a lot of points. Like there, and my, there was no adjustment at halftime. Like nobody went to the chalkboard and was like, okay, this is how we're gonna stop Lamar Jackson. Like you, you had to use the formula that all these other teams have been using for the last couple of weeks. It's like get the ball out of his hands. Don't let him be a runner. Don't let him run all over the field. Stop him. Make him pitch the ball. Make him hand off the ball. They didn't do that. No. Offensively, they look good, especially without Odell Beckham Jr. Like, uh, you know, Mayfield's proven that he doesn't really need Odell. He just needs Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the MVP of my fantasy team. Like, wow. Like, wow. So, I guess the answer to your question is, is like, you got to feel good, but I think it all comes down to, like, this next game. Like, they're playing the Giants. They got to win this game. If you come in and you get slapped and beat by the Giants, you're just the same old Browns. You know, like, as good as the Cleveland Browns record is, historically, they have always played down to their level of competition. So it's one of those things that this Cleveland Browns team has the entire history of the franchise behind it, you know? Which one is real? And, you know, it was a heck of a performance. They did a wonderful job. And, you know, they just couldn't hold the lead and they let Lamar Jackson come back from taking a dump and he took a dump on their defense. Pretty much. Pretty much. And And you know what? It was a clinic by Edwards and Dobbins and Jackson. They they don't even need Mark Ingram. Because, you know, Gus Edwards was the forgotten guy in that mix. And he's performing really well. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he's probably going to get pretty well paid in the offseason. Hollywood Brown learned how to catch a couple of passes. Um, He only got he got a couple. Let's not be real. Let's not anoint him Marvin Harrison just yet. No. Uh, But Baker Baker was really good. I mean, he had. He had a turnover. Wasn't his fault. He was trying to zip a ball in past the linebacker. It almost turned into a pick six, but it didn't. Um, but I think they're 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 heading in the right direction. Um, they have something to be optimistic about. Uh, but speaking of being optimistic, last night we saw the Raiders play the Chargers in a game the Raiders were really needed, and they let a rookie quarterback by the name of Justin Herbert come into their building and beat them single-handedly without his two best receivers. And, you know, we're in year three of this 10-year John Gruden contract. And I don't know if the Raiders are hoping that he kind of gets out of that contract because it just doesn't look like it's heading in the right direction anymore. Derek Carr goes down last night. Now they're going to be forced to play with Marcus Mariota the rest of the way. You know, what are we, what are your thoughts on John Gruden, the coach, and his second stint with the Raiders and the showing up of Justin Herbert? Where does he rank among rookies? Well, we'll start with the Justin Herbert uh, situation and – Frankly, I was very high on him coming out of Oregon, higher than you. Um, yeah, I know that you know your concern was about his arm strength, but I definitely think that 
he's shown that he can deliver on that. I mean, it was, what, a 53-yard pass to set up the game-winning touchdown run last night? So, kid's definitely got arm talent. And if he had come out the year before, I if I was the Giants, I would have taken him over Daniel Jones. That's for shit sure. Um, in terms of situation... He's not in the best of situations because Anthony Lynn is his coach. He doesn't have much in the way of offensive weapons. He's got Eckler. I mean, Hunter Henry is is okay. Neither one of his wide, starting wide receivers played last night. Well, Keenan Allen played, but he wasn't really on the field for very he was long. A decoy. Yeah, decoy. He was a decoy, and, and Anthony Lynn said as much. Um, this player, Guyton, I believe his name is, and yep. he, he showed up. I mean, he yep. that was a – I mean – if that could end up being the new Rivers to Allen, if that's Herbert to Guyton, they're on to something with Los Angeles. But in terms of situation, I have to put Tua ahead of him just because that team is a little bit more ready-made. But uh, as far as performance, I like his. I like Justin Herbert's talent better than Tua right now and certainly better than Jalen Hurts because it's only been one start. Uh, as far as John Gruden goes, it's been spotty. I mean, it was his fate is tied to, to Derek Carr, mostly because he tied himself to Derek Carr. Um, I like Derek Carr a lot, but uh, it, this team is just, it's a perennial group of underachievers. And, you know, it's a decent team, but I don't think you invested this much money and that many years in John Gruden for decent. If I'm Mark Davis, I want more return on my investment. And clearly Mike Mayock knows what he's doing. So he's bringing John Gruden the talent. He's bringing him the groceries and expecting John Gruden to cook up a good meal. And he's not there yet. Um, Ultimately, I mean, we're judged on results. And he delivered a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. Like I don't see John Gruden. I don't see him doing that this run around in Vegas. Well, I mean, you know, last time he was with Oakland, you know, first two years, I think they went eight and eight and then he, and then he made a playoffs in his third season. So you're in the situation where, okay, you, you've had two years. Now we're going into year three and you, you could still make the playoffs. The loss of Derek Carr, I think it hurts you. Um, but you just kind of wonder, you know, what, what, what was the thought process behind this? Right. It's like, when John Gruden came out of coaching and he went into the booth, like he had he had opportunities to take on the Colts with Andrew Luck, he had opportunities to take on Denver with Peyton Manning, he had opportunities to take on Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he had opportunities to take on Dallas with Dak, and he didn't take any of those. He didn't take the bait for any of those. He agreed to go back to Oakland because he wanted, I guess, to coach Derek Carr, um, but. They have good players. They do. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a good player. Nelson Aguilar is a good player. Waller is fantastic. Um, but, you know, now you lose Derek Carr, right? You had a fiery DC yep. because you've given up so many points on defense. You can't stop a rookie at home on a Thursday night football game. The Chargers were 4 and 9 coming to the game. It's like, guys, he's a rookie. I mean, and he's good. He's real good. I mean, I was wrong about him. Like, I, I'm down. I'm a downer on Oregon running uh, quarterbacks, but the kid could throw darts. He's six three, and he's he could put it anywhere he wants to put it. Um, 
So I I don't know I don't know where the Raiders go from here because clearly the Chargers are on the ascend. I think I think they have a nice lot of uh, wide receivers. They probably need a better running back. I'm I'm not a believer in Eckler. Their defense, you know, when healthy, they should be okay. Darwin James is out. Ingram's out. Bose has been hurt. Like they don't they're not playing with their real defense. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, and as far as Herbert's concerned, I mean, in my opinion, he should be the rookie of the year. I, I have him ahead. Of, I have him ahead of Tua. I have him ahead of Chase Young. I have him ahead of Jefferson. I had him ahead of uh, uh, Ceh. Uh, and I, I like Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk's a good, uh, good uh, wide receiver in, in San Francisco. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the. Oakland Raiders. I thought they would do better this year. Yeah, I mean they. Uh, Vegas Raiders. Hey, no know. worries, man. You saw the game last night. John Gruden came out with his Oakland cap on, so somebody's feeling pretty nostalgic right now. That's the thing. He's way better than what the Jets got. So <laughs> it's it's a question of at this point, because you know what's going to happen. It's a fait accompli that Adam Gase is going to lose his job and be out on his ass, and hopefully this is the last run he gets as a head coach. But who do you see as the next head coach of the Jets? Do they go, like, sexy young coordinator? Do they go stabilizing force with a veteran coach? And I don't know. I just can't tell with this group. And Joe Douglas is playing it pretty co- close to the best. What do you think? Well, here, well, here's what I think. I think, you know, this is my personal opinion. The, the top two guys that they should look at is, number one, look at Chuck Pagano. I know, you, I know what you're going to say. It's the, same, it's the same tree. It's going to be like Rex Ryan, uh, old defensive guy, uh, not really a head coach. But listen. He was 56 and 46 in in uh, Indianapolis. Nice guy, cancer survivor, defensive coach, but he knows his stuff. Like he knows how to coach on both sides of the ball, and he knows how to really coach defense. The number one guy they should be looking at is Eric Bieniemy. It's like, yeah, he doesn't really coach. He doesn't really call the plays in Kansas City, but he's been with that staff for a couple of years now. He's seen the development of Pat Mahomes. He knows football. He's an inspiring coach. I've actually been on the sideline, and I've heard him come after Kelsey, come after Mahomes, like get his players amped and get his players ready to play. And that's the kind of fiery guy that's going to lead your team to where you want to be. Now, that's who I think they should look at. But in all honesty, who are the Jets really going to look at? The Jets are going to probably look at Brian Dayball, a former quarterback coach for the Jets from 2000, 2008, 2007, 2008. He's the Buffalo uh, OC right now, and he's been in Buffalo since 2018 coaching Allen. He's a Belichick disciple. He's a part of those New England championships, right? That's the second guy. But you know what says New York Jets? Arthur Smith. And you know what Who? you're going to say? Who's Arthur Smith? Exactly. Sounds like a Jets coach already. This guy is the OC for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's had success with Tannehill uh, since he took over the uh, the play calling 
They've had the best offense in Tennessee in 16 years. And again, that's because they have Derrick Henry and, and uh, Ten Hill and these young receivers and they're firing it up. But he's the guy, like he's the guy that the Jets would hire and be like, you know, this is a smart hire. We got, we, we, we tricked everyone. You know, we got our guy. They're not going to go after Lincoln Riley. They're not going to go after any of those college guys. They're going to go after under the radar coach and think, oh man, we really, we really beat everybody on this one. The New York Jets will do what's expected of them. Like you said, they're not going to go for the big splash because <laughs> they got to pay the big splash. No. They have to give the big splash control. And this organization has proven that it will not do that. Um, Brian Dable, possibly. I- I've heard him link to college jobs, too. So it's possible. I, I mean seeing what he could possibly do if they get the number one draft pick and they do take Trevor Lawrence, seeing what he can do with somebody of that caliber is intriguing. I just don't see it. Eric Bieniemy, No, I, I just don't see Eric Bieniemy coming here, seeing the cupboard and saying, I want to coach this. I, I get that you're in that kind of situation where, you have to kind of take any coaching job you get just to get your foot in the door and just kind of prove that you can do it. But I don't know if I'm Anthony, if I'm um, Eric the enemy, I'm not that desperate. So, you know, where does that leave the jets that leaves, uh, you know, like a retread guy that, you know, like a Rod Chudzinski who was just like had one year, didn't really get to prove himself kind of thing, but he'll work cheap. You know, um, hell, let's get crazy. Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, man. <laughs> Brian freaking Schottenheimer has been the OC in Seattle for how many years now? You're telling me that he won't at least get an interview with the Jets? Lord knows that. He knows most of the people behind the scenes. And I think Woody Johnson, you know, Woody, Woody Johnson kind of reminds me of Vince McMahon a little bit in that he's kind of <laughs> long in the tooth, kind of, you know, not really paying attention. And if you put a name that he recognizes, he says, yes, let's do that. Why, why haven't we hired him already? So if he sees Brian Schottenheimer, on his Rolodex of, uh, of interviews that day, he might say, Schottenheimer, I thought he was still here. So why the <laughs> hell not? I mean, why not for Brian Schottenheimer? So I have no faith in the Jets doing the, the good thing, you know, getting the right coach. Joe Douglas, you know, I don't know. Uh, an out-of-the-box hire might be like a Wink Martindale. If they're willing to, if he's willing to leave Baltimore, but again, like these coordinators have to realize they're leaving a good thing for the Jets. <laughs> it's the Jets. It's not Buffalo. It's not Washington. It's not even Jacksonville. It's the Jets. Right, and you, you're, you know, one of the things the Jets like to do is they. They like to compete for the back page of the New York Post. You know, they want to they wanna headline over the Giants, and you're not going to. You're not going to. And so that's the other thing you have to, you have to understand if you're coming to coach 
in the New York the New York football teams is that you know this you're going to the Mets. You're not going, you know, you're you're not going you're going to the Islanders. Like you're not going to the Rangers, you're not going to the Yankees, you're going to the right. the second team. But you but know? you know what? Um of all the guys that seem to get that, Rex. Rex Ryan seemed to get that more than anybody else that they've brought in. Like he realized that this team was kind of like the redheaded stepchild. So he brought that bluster. He brought that bravado. He brought a personality to this team to where not only did you kind of expect different from them, you, you know, you started to kind of look at the organization a little bit differently. Yeah. I just, I just think the problem with the jets is you need to get back to playing football. Like, there's too much other stuff going around and too much other stuff going on. Your bottom line is, is go out there, play football. You know, we got, you know, the whole Adam Gase play calling controversies. And then, you know, the, 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 uh, the quarterback at mono, <laughs> you know, you got all this other, you got all this stuff going on. It's like, we need to get out here and play football. We need to punch some people in the mouth and we need to score you know, touchdowns and, um, you know, be people on the football field. And they need someone that's going to get them to that because, you know, one of the teams that's on the rise in that division is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, They seem to have their quarterback of the future. He's probably like a top 10 quarterback right now. And that's Josh Allen. They have uh, a slew of offensive talented receivers and, Diggs, they had a great pickup in Beasley. They drafted the kid Zach Moss mm-hmm. out of Utah. He seems like he's going to be working out. The offense, John Brown when he's healthy. John Brown when he's healthy, and then you know defensively they got to do a little better. But they have a defensive coach as their head coach, so he should be able to come up with some things to you know compensate for the lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball. So the question I have for you is, is in the next couple of years, who's going to be getting to the Super Bowl first? Do you see the Washington football team getting to the Super Bowl or the Buffalo Bills who seem to be on their way to winning the AFC East title this year? The simple fact that the Buffalo Bills seem to have their quarterback and he is playing like he wants to be the quarterback I'm taking the Bills. The Washington football team has to start Dwayne Haskins this weekend because Alex Smith is hurt again. Alex Smith was not the answer. He was the answer three years ago before he got hurt. And (laughs) now his leg is short. One leg is shorter than the other. So back then, yeah, if you're giving me Alex Smith at three years ago, it's the Washington football team. But I'm going to take the team with the quarterback, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I think I'm going to take Washington because I feel like their defense is ready. They're a top five defense right now. They got young, sweat, Bostic headlining their front seven. They get after the quarterback. They stuff the run. And then, yeah, I agree with you. They do need a quarterback, but they've proven this year that they can win with like a mediocre quarterback or they can win with an okay quarterback. So if they – their perfect example, if they go out and get Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) 
or no, it's it's the truth. They get Ryan Fitzpatrick, or they draft a guy in the third or fourth round that can just hey man, just move, don't don't turn the ball over, move the ball up and down the field. Like we're just gonna pound the football and play defense. Even their tight end's really good. Logan Thomas, he's a really good tight end. They're old school football team. the The reason why I have a problem picking Buffalo is. It, that that defense needs some players. They, they're still a couple of players away. And you can scheme the shit out of a game and you can really, you know, have it come down to one play or two plays. But when you're behind, are you going to be able to pin a team down so that you can catch up? Or if you're ahead, are you going to be able to pin a team down to make sure they don't, you know, come from behind and catch you? I don't think Buffalo is there yet. You know, we saw them, we saw them lose close games to the Cardinals – we saw them, you know, play, play, you know, down to competition this year. So I want to see more out of them. And Josh Allen's great talent, but I think they're a couple of years away where Washington is like one or two players away. I, yeah, maybe on defense, Washington is ready to go. But that offense, if you neutralize Antonio Gibson right now, you you are not, yeah. You you're not gonna be able to do anything because they play off of the run game because they're an old school football team, like you said. So you know right. if he's not available because he, I mean, right now he's unavailable because of turf toe. That's going to you can pretty much guarantee Damn. a loss this weekend for Dwayne Haskins because you have the simple fact of him being Dwayne Haskins. So. If you're if you but if you're Dwayne Haskins, this yeah, is it for no. you, right? This is it, man. This is my chance. I gotta prove everybody wrong. I'm playing for a contract next year. So we're gonna see the best of Dwayne Haskins this weekend against a not so good Seattle secondary and not so good Seattle defense. At what the as the numbers would show. You know, we've seen them be ferocious and they they can, you know, give people problems, but statistically wise, they're they're pretty far back. So I guess we'll find out a lot about Washington this weekend because if they can, if they can beat, if they can beat Seattle with Wayne Haskins, don't you think that no, says it definitely a lot? does? It's a statement game for him, but I mean, based on what yeah. I've seen, like, his best years were in college, and that's okay. Not everybody's a pro yeah. quarterback. Yeah, you know, you can be a college quarterback, yeah. and that's okay. But uh, you know, right? If, Look at Cardell Jones. Yeah, Cardell Jones was. A, he was a stud at at um at Ohio mm-hmm. State and no, no he was with the, he was with Buffalo. Uh, I think he ended up in like XFL or the AF or and then now he's yep. you know busting tables. I don't know. Uh, you know we should do a where are they now? Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. He's driving a cab down in the, down <laughs> the city. It's I a don't great know. question. It's fascinating. Uh-oh. <laughs> where are they now? Another good where are they now is, you know, we're, we're heading towards the end of the season with college football, and the committee has, has got there. It looks like they've gotten there four. Right now the, the playoff has got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State with conference games going on, you know, the next couple of weeks. Um, but I have a problem with this ranking, and I'm wondering if you have the same problem. Uh, one of the issues I have is that Ohio State is in this playoff and they've only played five football games. And then we got the Cincinnati Bearcats who are 8-0. They're ranked ninth behind teams that have two losses. And then we got Coastal Carolina, who's a, who's ranked 12th, 
and they're eleven and zero. What say you? How this is this this college football committee is trash, don't you think? The problem is, is that there's precedent for this. So, the NCAA and this football playoff championship selection committee can do this to smaller schools that aren't going to bring eyeballs to the TV. UCF, was it three years ago, four years ago? They had an undefeated year. Yeah. You know, to the point where Scott Frost, they put up that, uh, you know, that championship banner. So. I think they went like two years. I think it was back to back years. I think you're absolutely right. But they didn't get a sniff. They didn't get a sniff, bro. And that's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, they're not Ohio State. They're not Notre Dame. But you know what? They're undefeated. We don't know how good these teams are. And you know what? Not giving them the opportunity to prove it is just disingenuous and shows you it's all about money. It's all about conference. It's all about it's all about the you know ESPN contract and all of that. And it's not about the purity of the sport. And it's just, not, it's, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's just not right. But my problem is this, is like, this was, this was the year, right, to let other conferences in. Because you can blame it on COVID. Like, say, hey, yeah, listen, it's a COVID year. The, the Bearcats went 8-0. How are we going to rank Georgia 7-2 and and Florida 8-2 and over them? Or better yet. How the hell is Iowa State ranked sixth with right. two losses? Like, come on, man. Like, that's that's my whole thing is, like, this was the year to test it out. Like, see about it. Like, see how it works. You know, maybe maybe they fall flat in their face. Maybe they get embarrassed. But I've seen Notre Dame get embarrassed by Alabama in a, in a national championship game where I showed up <laughs> at halftime. So it's not about competition. It, it, you could say it's about money. But this is the year to say – you know what? We got COVID going on. Let's test it out. Let's see if let's see if Cincinnati can right. be a four. Let's right. see if uh, let's see if Coastal Carolina could be you know rank them ahead of Texas A and M. Like why why wouldn't you do something like that? Because even if even if they don't get into the playoffs, maybe they play Texas A and M in a in a in a bowl game that 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 gives that gives something back that you get something out of it. You see like where we are. I just, I just think it's pompous. I think it's, uh, I think it's repugnant. I just don't, I just don't agree with it at all. Even BYU, BYU is ten and one, they're ranked seventeenth. Like, come on. At the end of the day, it, it's all about the money. It's all about the advertising rights. It's all but, about the yeah. eyeballs. But then don't have a committee. Then well, did, a committee. did you hear if, that? You know, it's like, why have an electoral college? Like, I just. Like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna really look at stuff and you're not gonna really analyze these things, why yeah. do it at all? It, it it just it's no point to this. It's like just make it an SEC championship and call it a SEC versus the Big Ten or the Big Ten versus the ACC. Like tell it what it is. Like I just it's not fair. It's not fair to these schools because it's not easy. For, listen, I'm not saying it's easy, but Alabama goes ten and zero or nine and one almost every other year. Cincinnati going eight and zero is a big deal to them. They mean they may not do this again for another, you know, fifteen years. But think about this: it's it's freaking crazy that 
I mean, let's talk about college athletics, like one sport to another, right? What the big thing about the NCAA tournament when we're talking about basketball, the mid majors, like the mid majors show up and the mid majors compete. Gonzaga would not be Gonzaga if they were not if they weren't allowed to compete. Just just let him right. play. Just let or him what, take Wichita the field. State, Wichita State. Yeah, exactly. Butler. Who is to say that you know Cincinnati can't go all the way, or at least give a scare into Notre Dame or Alabama or, or whoever? So you're, I mean, the competition. You're just cutting off. You're just cutting it off from the start when you have the unique opportunity this year, like you said, to grow college football in other places other than the big five, but it sounds like they just care more about the big five. And, you know, if if you're going to do that, you just be honest about it. And it's crazy. This is the most important thing. I, I saw an interview, a coach, I forget what school it was, was saying, if this was the case, bring back the BCS. Nobody's clamoring for the BCS to come back. So if you're not going to run it right, and if you're not going to do it fairly, put the computer back in charge. Yeah, it's not it's not fair at all. It's, I mean, come on, the Ohio State only played five games, and, and we called this the when they waived the six win rule. <laughs> they played five games. How could they? How could they be compared to Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama? If anything, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama should be upset about it because there's a team that's paid five less games than them. And they have, they might have to play that team. Like that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Welcome to COVID twenty twenty, right? Yeah, and and talking about COVID twenty twenty, you know, uh, baseball owners are skeptical about the twenty twenty one season. They're already discussing pushing back spring training, possibly starting the season late April, maybe early May, with one hundred and forty games, and making everyone staff and players get a vaccine before taking the field players are opposed to this saying they want 162 games and they want to start on time but this goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show is this the owners are just trying to get you know a fair shake because if they're not going to be able to put people in the stands they're not going to be able to make their money there's no way i want you playing 162 games so what do you think the medium ground in here is what do you think the players should do what do you think the coaches should do? What do you think the union should do? Well, my thing is this. Do the players think that the money just comes out of thin air? Like, where do they think their paycheck comes from? Yes, in part, it's be- it's the owners having deep pockets. But it's also the ad revenue and the ticket sales and the concession sales and everything that comes along with it. So, yeah, I understand that you want to be paid in full. Under normal times, <laughs> in, in normal times, you would be paid in full. We don't live in normal times anymore. So you got to give a little. Sorry, that's how it works. The union, Tony Clark, he's not going to budge on this. And the owners, they're not going to budge on this. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be a full season strike, but I can definitely see a few games being missed over it. Now, 140 games is more than reasonable. Keep some of the rules, the seven and double headers. Do you know? Keep that stuff. Just to 
just so you can put together an an adequate season. Last year was an inadequate season. You didn't I didn't know how good half of those teams were. And I mean look at the Marlins. <laughs> the Marlins made the playoffs. I, I don't know if they're good with or a not. bunch of people off the street. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's ridiculous. So and about the vaccine, I understand where they're coming from in terms of making sure everybody gets vaccinated. I don't want Major League Baseball or any athletes jumping the line. Absolutely not. So I, I get there. I, I get the desire to do that. But ultimately, if they can, you know, if they can put together a scenario where their protocols are stricter and they can avoid situations like they had with the Marlins last year, I think that would be the better uh, course of action. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm actually on the side of the owners on this because I'm not going to be losing – I'm not going to multiple seasons where I'm losing money. So if I'm if I feel like I'm going to lose less at 140 games, 130 games – Whatever makes me feel good, that's what I'm going to vote for. That's what we're going to do because, like, you know, we already talked about this. It's going to it's gonna take at least a whole year of this before it gets back to some kind of normalcy. And even when it gets back to some kind of normalcy, you're not going to see 44,000 people in Yankee nope. Stadium. It's not going to happen. You know, and you're going you're gonna to have to get these people to come back to games. Like, you're going to have to really – you have to lower ticket prices. You're going to really have to incentivize – coming to to game number 15 of 162 you know so as it is right now people aren't going back into manhattan going to work and people aren't you know going into the city to 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 uh different cities to go to work so something that was easy is going over to an indians game or going over to a yankee game right after work it's not going to be the same anymore it's just not and then are you going to take your are you going to take your kid to the game are you going to take your 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 you know grandfather to the game? Are you going to take your uncle to the game? It changes now, you know. So, I think baseball. I think the baseball owners are trying to get a grip on that too, right? It's like, hey, let's just trout out 140 games and let's see what it looks like. Maybe we can open the gates at the at the back end of the season and we can see what kind of turnout we're going to get, and then we can make a decision from that point going forward. And I agree with you. I think they should keep some of the rules. Um, but you know, the flip side is, is like, you know what? Okay. You guys, you guys want to play 162 games? Fine. We'll play 162 games. You guys are playing Mm -hmm. every day. (laughs) You're going to have like one or two days off a month. We're going to play double headers. Is that, is that what you want? Is that, is that really what you guys want? I mean, come on. It's about time that there, there, there needs to be a sea change here to the point where, Players need to realize that just because they're the talent on the field doesn't mean they call the shots. Yeah, oh, that's great that you know you only you're only going to play what four times a week sometimes, but you don't you don't dictate what management says. At the end of the day, you're not management. So uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but management calls the shots. You are the you are the worker. And, and, you are yeah. the worker. They are the manager. So, if that if they me if the best way to go about this is you guys playing a Sunday doubleheader every week, 
you're already they're already shortened. They're already going to be shortened to seven innings. I mean, I think they, I think yeah. both sides like that rule. So you, you're already going to be playing less. Yeah, great. Uh, you, you're going to be playing close to every day. Okay. Everybody else was able to do it before you. What makes you so special? Like this idea of load management in the NBA. Michael, jo- how many games did Michael Jordan miss in his career just because he didn't feel like playing? He was tired. No, no, Michael. Because he want he said he, he he owed it to the people that came there exactly. to see him play. And you you and know who else game. said that? Joe DiMaggio. And for you as a major league baseball player to have this attitude that you play too much slaps <laughs> the greats of the game in the face. And you know, like call me a guardian of the game, whatever, you know, call me an old fart. I don't care. But this game was made on guys like Joe DiMaggio, so you can count your hundreds of millions of dollars. And don't forget that. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Bob Feller. <laughs> Cal Ripken. Ripken. You know, all the greats. They, they paved the road that you walk them. And don't forget it. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it's definitely you know it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this rolls out and as usual the players union and the owners of major league baseball it seems like they just want to clash against mm-hmm. each other you know because they seem to never ever be on the same page you know and then you know one of the names you mentioned was like you know Bob Feller Bob Feller was a member of the Cleveland Indians it looks like soon there won't be a Cleveland Indians team anymore. Uh, looks like the team is making strides to change their name. This will be the last year that I think the Indian name will be used. They haven't found a replacement yet, but what do you think that replacement should be? And which teams are going to fall next? Well, the teams that are in the crosshairs are obviously the Chicago Blackhawks of the NHL, the Atlanta Braves of Major League Baseball, and the Kansas City Chiefs of the NFL. Uh, and that's just professional teams. Yeah, that's just the professional teams. Uh, We're just going to focus on slew. them because there's a slew oh, yeah. of college teams, right? I mean, look at <laughs> Florida State, the Seminoles. Like, I, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not Native American. I will claim. I'm you sure. I don't, I haven't done the ancestry. I haven't had the the swab in my mouth and all that stuff to to prove it. But I'm pretty sure I'm not Native American, so I can't really. Good plug for ancestry.com. That's great. <laughs> we love, we our, love sponsors. our sponsors. We were cheap. Anyway, um, <laughs> I can't speak to whether or not they are, where whether Native Americans are insulted just by calling the team like. The name of the name of a tribe, uh, the name of a, a tribe, right? Like, are the Seminole Indians are they offended by the Florida State Seminoles? Maybe by the guy dressed up like a Seminole, but are they? I mean, it's it's a little bit of parsing that needs to happen there. Like the Fighting Sioux, the University of North Dakota. Like, are the yeah. Sioux? Uh, do, does the Sioux tribe, the Sioux Nation, are they upset or and offended by that? Or are they offended by the guy who's dressed in native garb? 
Like some of these things need to be kind of parsed and you know, got to split hairs on this. But I mean, teams have definitely gone in the right direction. The Braves removed their mask, they removed the logo, the Native American uh, face off their logo. Chief Wahoo has been retired for years. So I, I don't know. I, I think the teams might, you know, the certain teams may be safe, but the Cleveland Indians, yeah, that one's got to go in, in current times. It's just not, you know, it's not uh, PC, so to speak. Um, as far as team names go, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, the Buckeyes are already taken. It's the Buckeye State. That's already taken. I mean, the Cavaliers, like, like, what, I mean, you can't really tie these things together in Ohio. So, I mean, there's an old team named the Cleveland Spiders. Why not? I mean, the, the spider, you know, the, the spider, I, I thought she was all right, spider. Spider, spider. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> I like the spiders. That's it's, it's not cool. bad. The Cleveland yeah. Spiders. How about the Cleveland sandwiches? Yeah, the, there you go. Like, <laughs> I like the Cleveland sandwiches. Or how about the Cleveland brown no, bags? Over their awesome. heads. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, another idea. No, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I kind of like the Cleveland Stars. I know there's the Dallas Stars, but Cleveland Stars kind of plays to the Rock and Rock and, rock and Roll mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Um, Cleveland baseball team, it seems that seems to be where it's going to go, just like the Washington team did. Um, maybe the generals, not that they have any background in the military, but Cleveland generals, Cleveland monuments, these are old names that seem to can be applied to any team, but I like this. And you know what, since, you know, in honor of the Negro leagues being officially named as a major league, uh, a major league, why not a team like, like the monarchs or the, or the monarchs or, you know, something like that. The The Griffins. Griffins. Yeah. Griffins. The Vipers, the Vipers, you know, play to the heritage of the game. The Cleveland single moms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Delonte West will be their manager. <laughs> oh, man. That's bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, but I do agree with you. I think this is the first of men, well, the second, yep. really. And it's just going to be a domino effect. They're all going to go. Um, I think the Braves are going to go. I think the Blackhawks will be next. And I think the Chiefs will be last. I think the Chiefs, they're going to they're gonna fight for the Chiefs. Um, just because they play in Arrowhead Stadium, there's so much. There's so much. Uh, and they're winning right now. They have Pat Mahomes as their you know, quarterback. I, they're going to put up a fight. It's not going to be that easy. Um, and then forget about college. I don't even know how it would work in college. There's too much money. Too much history. I mean, there's too much history, you know, passed the passed passed yeah. around, and the boosters. I mean, at the end of the day, these all these people that are coming out, they can true. be bought. It's it's a it, it is, but at uh, the same time, like at your alma mater, it, it's proven it can be done. Before it was the Red Storm, they were the Red Men. So I yeah, mean, which was really if cool. there's enough pressure and there's enough want to, it can happen. Yeah, it's not worth it's not worth it's not worth the uh it's not worth the aggravation. Uh and you know, but you know, these are teams these are these are franchises kind of like on the downside. But when you get to a team that's winning like the right. Chiefs, it's not going to be so easy. You know, their their Super Bowl win was recent. They're pretty 
polarizing right now with one of the best players in the game. You're going to have a tough time changing that. For sure. It's time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to join us, email faderoutemail at gmail.com. Questions, comments, picks, you name it. FaderoutMail at gmail.com. It is now time for the mail route where you send us emails and DMs and we respond to them. Now hit us up, FaderoutMail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at, on, on IG at FaderoutPodcast. And you, yes, you could be on the Fade Route with DNZ. Question number one comes from our buddy Randolph again. What's up, bros? How much longer will James Harden be a rocket? <laughs> when does the season start? December 22nd. December 21st. <laughs> no. Uh, how about Tuesday? Tuesday seems, seems like a good day. It's, uh, from what I understand... Uh, trade talks are really revving up, and you can tell now that the media is involved in trying to get him out of town because they're running his name through the ringer. They're talking about him being like Dennis Rodman, flying off, partying somewhere, and then coming back the next day and playing. They're saying he had to stay on personnel moves. He had to stay on coaching moves. He had to stay on travel arrangements where they were staying, how long they were staying in places. This is getting uglier and uglier by the day. He's going to be on the move soon. It's going to be much sooner rather than later, especially when you hear reports that the 76ers are willing to engage the Rockets in a trade for Ben Simmons. So they're willing to move an asset like that to get James Harden. So people are starting to come to Daryl Morey. So sooner rather than later, I don't know... If he'll play a game, maybe he'll play one for the regular season for the Rockets. But the Rockets may turn around and hold him out because, you know, we want to make sure he's healthy. So he's going to be a Rocket for a little bit, possibly as a healthy scratch. But very early in the season, he will be gone and most likely he will be a 76er. Second email comes from Gil in Staten Island. What's going on, boys? Love the show. Giannis just signed a Supermax contract the other day. Is this generational wealth or a generational mistake? Well, honestly, and we thank you for the email, Gil. The generational wealth thing, I mean, he's getting paid that money regardless. The only way it's a generational mistake is if they don't build around him like they're promising to. So you are putting an awful lot of faith in the Milwaukee Bucks front office to do right by you. And so far they've proven that they will do that, but it remains to be seen, especially in COVID times, you know, teams are operating the loss and Milwaukee is a small market team. So, you know, after this season, they may decide that they have to cut costs by Chris Middleton 
or, you know, something else. Some other players have to go. So the generational wealth is regardless. It's coming to you anyway. I just need to, to see a little bit more from the organization. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, to me it's a generational mistake. Um, you know, even Kareem. Kareem stood there. He won. And then he left. You know, he kind of locked himself in there without an out for a while. Um, you saw what this team did with the Bog- Bogdanovich trade. They messed that up. I just don't think they're going to be able to get players to play there. They're not going to attract free agents, especially when they're paying Giannis all that money. And their best opportunity was to win last year. I, I-, I can't see them competing against anybody this year. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my response on that one. I mean, with the, with a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to have to draft really well. They're going to have to make shrewd trades. You have to make shrewd signings and build a team around him of, you know, not necessarily lesser players. I mean, they're not going to be all stars. They're not going to be superstars, but you can build a complimentary team around Giannis and you can go a long way. But you got to see, like he's in it for the long haul. So, buckle up, (laughs) buckle Buckle up, bro. All right, I want to read an email. Go for it. All right, so I got one here from CJ in White Plains. He's got a fantasy football question for us. Says during the fantasy playoffs, do you normally stick with your studs, or do you pick up players that may be hot just for a certain game? Asking for help it's hmm. a good that question a really good question and you know at this time of year you're going to be in the playoffs the bye weeks are ending so everybody's playing um it for me it depends on the position depends on the matchups and certain players you know you're going to roll out like aaron Rodgers, i know i'm playing aaron Rodgers. um uh, you know dalvin cook i know i'm playing dalvin cook derrick henry you're starting, but it's those other positions like tight end. Tight ends are a dime a dozen right now. So maybe I put a, a waiver claim on a Robert Tunyon or I go get, you know, a Cameron Brait, you know, something like that. So you, I think you can supplement with a hot player, but you, you need, you need to be strategic about which position it is. Yeah, for me, it's all about, you know, sticking with what got you there. So, you know, if you're a team that's playing right now, you've obviously made the right moves and you've been fortunate enough, really fortunate enough to make it this far. So I would do whatever, whatever's gotten you there. So if you've been playing the waiver wire, you know, for the last 10 weeks, then continue to play the waiver wire and sub in the guys that you think, you know, are going to perform well that week. But if you're a guy that drafted really well and you've been starting the same core guys all year, Stick with your core guys. So at least if you go down, you go down with the guys that got you there. That makes sense. And there's a reason why I've never finished higher than seventh in any of my fantasy, uh, in my, in my fantasy league. That's not true. Is that really true? That's yeah, no. True. Yeah. It, it, anytime that we've <laughs> been in a league together, I've never played higher than placed higher than seventh. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, you took a so couple. Take home. my advice, CJ. So take my advice. Take D's advice. Don't take mine. But but. <laughs> I'll do that. I can get the picks done. He can take the fantasy. We'll go that way. Yeah.
time to see what's cooking this weekend. Sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A-Z, you eat it. Check it out today. How'd you do last week in picks? Nine. Not my best week. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't the best week. We had a couple of surprises. I mean, at least in my in my estimation. I you know, I tried to go out there a little bit, got a little too cute uh with the Bengals and the Browns. So what are you gonna do? My cuteness paid off because I got the Philly game. You laughed at me for that. You did. You did. You know what? You got that one. Congratulations. I got that one. That was the only one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I lost on the Miami one. Um, even your Giants screwed me over. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Let's do our pick segment. Yes. All right. Let's start off uh, with pretty easy. I got Buffalo beating Denver. In a Saturday night special, boys and girls, you have two. Saturday night. Two. A Saturday night. Saturday night's all right for football. And – there's no way the Bills lose this game. The Broncos are just yeah. not good. Okay, uh, another easy one. I got Green Bay beating Carolina. Carolina. It's going to be closer than people think. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to pick the Panthers to win, but they're going to put up a fight. The Packers are going to take this one. All right, this is a good one. This this game is very important. Um, it's very important for the 49ers. Uh, they, if they win this game, George Kittle likely comes back next week and plays the rest of the season. They lose this game, they probably can't make the playoffs. So for that reason, I am going to take the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Dallas Cowboys. It's a big step up in competition for the Cowboys. They're not paying the playing the sorry no account Bengals. So the Niners are going to take this, and George Kittle comes back next week to a, a potential playoff race. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, uh, this is this is going to be a really good game. I went back and forth on this. I'm actually going to take the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Washington football team. If it was Alex Smith, I would give the football team a chance. However, I think I made it clear about my feelings on Dwayne Haskins. So, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, This is another good game. Playoff implications here, too. We got – I have Chicago beating Minnesota, even though I had Minnesota – you know, ultimately getting into the playoffs. I might shoot myself in the foot here, but I got Chicago beating them this weekend. The Vikings have no defense. It is amazing how porous that defense is and how they fell in just one year. That being said, I'm going to take the Vikings just because I do not (laughs) trust Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy. They haven't earned it. All right, in the next game, I have a big game, too, uh, AFC East battle. I have New England beating Miami, and the reason why I have that is because Bill Belichick is 21-5 and against rookie quarterbacks, and we saw what he did to Justin Herbert two weeks ago. While that is true, and Tua is a rookie quarterback, the Patriots, while they don't always lose in Miami, they're, they, they don't struggle. Play. They struggle yeah. big time when they travel to South Beach. So I'm going to take this. It's not really an upset because they have a better record, but I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, another another uh, layup here. Got Baltimore beating Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, next. <laughs> I got nothing. Right, you, I got nothing. Your, fa- your favorite. Uh, I, got, I got Tampa Bay 
beaten Atlanta, and Fournette is going to be the starting running back in that game. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the Buccaneers should win this one pretty easily, but Raheem Morris has that team playing very well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer than I think, but the Bucs are going to win. Okay, another layup. I got Tennessee beating Detroit. Another team that's been playing better since they can their coach. The, the Lions are playing better, but they are pretty banged up. And last time I checked, Derrick Henry plays for the Titans. Uh, division game, I got Indianapolis beating Houston. No, those games are always tough. Another team where they're playing better since they can their coach. But <laughs> well, well, I'm sensing a theme here. But, um, yeah, the Colts are going to win this game. And it's going to go – it's going to be on the, the heels of Jonathan Taylor. Phillip Rivers is just going to turn around and hand it off. Okay, I got uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles beating Murray and the Cardinals. I think Jalen Hurts goes to 2-0. and Boomer Sooner. It is a matchup of Oklahoma quarterbacks. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I mean, I need to see more from Jalen Hurts. And, you know, the – the Cardinal defense is a little bit better than the Saints defense. Interesting, interesting. Well, you mean the Cardinals defense? Cardinals defense is better. Right. Well, what I'm Eagles. saying is last week Hurts played the Saints. Oh, I got you. I got now you. Now he's playing a better defense. You're, yeah, I like it. Uh, I got the Rams destroying COVID. Oh man, <laughs> A- Adam Gase. That is all. Oh, and fourteen. Okay, uh, I, this is going to be the best game of the weekend. I think this is uh, the New Orleans Saints taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in New Orleans. Drew Brees is back. Mike Thomas is out, but I'm still taking New Orleans. Even though Drew Brees is back, the the Chiefs are too much of a juggernaut. I, I can't pick against them. I'm taking the Chiefs. Okay, uh, this is uh, this is all you, man. But I'm taking. Cleveland over the New York Giants. But if Colt McCoy was playing quarterback, I would take the New York Giants. <laughs> I think McCoy is going to play. Uh, to be honest oh, really? with you, I don't know if it's been official, if it's been made official yet, but Daniel Jones looked like he was hurt. He said he was compensating for the hamstring and messed up his ankle. So if Joe Judge has a brain in his head, and it's, it looks like he does, he seems to be a savvy guy. I would start Colt McCoy if I was him. And if I start Colt McCoy, the Giants win. I'm taking the Giants. Okay. We got a trap game. Uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh to beat Cincinnati. But honestly, the way Pittsburgh has been playing, running the ball, passing the ball, that could go either way. If Mixon was playing, I would consider. Mixon's out again. I, I, haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I, 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 I haven't seen where he's cleared to play. So, I mean, a healthy Mixon maybe, but. No, I'm taking the Steelers. All right. Well, that does it for our pick segment. Uh, Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Friday nights on Anchor and uh, Spotify and other podcast outlets. Until we see you next time, stay faded. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.